Hello, I'm Catherine Gregg, and welcome to episode three in my podcast series titled An Introduction to the Universal Laws. In previous episodes, we talked about the law of oneness and the law of vibration, both being part of the natural laws that exist around us, including the more famous law of attraction. Here I want to share with you my interpretation of the law of balance and polarity, sometimes known as either one or the other, the law of balance or the law of polarity. I also think that this ties in with what's called the law of gender, which means the balance of masculine and feminine, also the law of cause and effect, otherwise known as the law of karma, the idea that every action has a reaction. However, I will give a breakdown of both the law of gender and the law of cause and effect separately. As I mentioned in episode one, the law of oneness, these laws coincide with each other. So you may find when researching this yourself, they all kind of roll into one, which I guess is my point here. Eventually, this all becomes one thing, one way of being, one oneness. This podcast series is really to share with you my breakdown of all the core universal laws and their relevance in our lives, how they link to the law of attraction, which is probably the most profound in the sense that it affects what we experience. The law of attraction being the basic rule that like attracts like, therefore we will always experience a match to who we are and what energy we put out. These other laws that also exist around us as natural forces that just exist also count as important factors in mastering the law of attraction. I'm a law of attraction therapeutic life coach and I've been working in the field of psychotherapy and life coaching now for 12 years. It's only in more recent years that I've become explicit with the law of attraction in my work, having previously conducted my therapeutic practice in a more traditional format. Until there came a point where I discovered the law of attraction as being a constant thing that influences our life experiences so powerfully that I could no longer ignore its existence, not just in my own life, but now as the baseline of my work with my clients. All the time I hear people question the law of attraction. Does it work? Is it fair? Is it good? Is it bad? What about people who are starving? What about people who do bad things? The law of relativity will cover this, but we will touch on that in another episode. I had a client once who lost his wife to cancer, which understandably was a traumatic experience, and it was five years later when he came to me for help. He was confused about the law of attraction. He once used to practice utilising its power, but he lost his way after his wife died because he felt an injustice. The thing is, in life there has to be balance. Good and bad, light and dark, yin and yang, life and death, male and female. It's law. If we look at nature, when the seasons change, where we're moving out of one season into another, think of the balance in nature and how perfect that balance is. We have to have life and death, day and night. We have to evolve and change. Otherwise, the world would just stop. Just because we live in concrete houses, that doesn't mean we're an exception to this law. As we're all a part of the oneness of this planet, and the one sure thing about life is death, and that we too, as all living things do, will die. 
It has to be that way. Otherwise, we would never grow as a species, as a planet. Now, of course, my client has every right to feel the pain and sadness of his grief. Him and his wife were very much in love and he missed her dearly. We're allowed to feel sorrow when devastating things happen in our life. In fact, why wouldn't we? It's a part of our very existence that we do. Because it's in our times of devastation where the most growth and change happens. My client described his wife as an anxious person who would worry about everything, including becoming unwell and getting cancer. I mean, society puts the fear of sickness into all of us to the point where most people fear sickness. And when we have a pain in our body or find something that shouldn't be there, our immediate go-to is something terminal. My client's wife had a history of cancer in her family too. So compound that with the fear the world we live in gives us and someone who has a tendency to obsessively worry with the baseline of the law of attraction being like attracts like. Is it a wonder that person might end up sick? Doesn't always mean when we fear something, it's always going to happen. Our stories are unique to the person who lives it. But even the medical community will acknowledge that sickness in the body originates emotionally and therefore vibrationally. I would highly recommend Dr. Joe Dispenza's work as an advocate of this. Even those who appear positive-minded can hold negative self-beliefs and deep-rooted fears. And so really, we're never to really know what's going on in someone else's vibration. No matter what my client said or did, he wasn't responsible for his wife's vibration. And it wasn't his fault that she eventually developed cancer. Her journey was hers. We cannot control how someone else experiences their life or their death. When we take this approach even deeper and we come to understand there really is no death, just an ending of one's journey in the physical body they existed here in, we start to see a bigger picture of how life is this constant moving thing and that the balance and experience of polarity is essential for our growth and expansion. We will all have different ways of looking at life and death, but whatever you believe, whether you believe we reincarnate, go to heaven or just decay into the ground, it's all part of the circle of life just like the leaves on the trees fall and then grow again as the seasons change. Esther Hicks, one of my favourite Law of Attraction speakers, talks about death in jest. Since there is no death, she would say. She talks about how we're all extensions of our non-physical essence, our source, our soul. Balance isn't always about life and death. It's about the contrast of life the positive and negative experiences that lead us to evolve and change. An example of this in my own life would be my relationships with others. Every relationship I've experienced has been a part of my growth and through experiencing the contrast of people, I've learned about what I do and don't want from my relationships. My work, it's through experiencing things that haven't been so pleasing to spend my day doing that new ideas emerge. Hicks would say, how can we know what we want until we experience what we don't want? That we go through our lives sifting through the data of the contrast we experience, taking the positive from the negative, then using that information to elevate us forward into what we do want. Of course, we don't always realise we're doing this, and most of us are just bumbling along, 
sifting and sorting without any deliberate intention. It would serve us all so much better if we were more aware of this and if we could perhaps be a bit more self-aware when experiencing what we don't want so that we can live the contrasting experience but not let it take us down to any detrimental degree. Then if we can learn to be a bit more deliberate about what we do want, we can find the balance we need a lot quicker. Hicks talks about our emotional guidance scale, an analogy that I love to use in my own work. The idea that we have this range of emotions from the top end of positive emotion like joy, excitement, fun, inspired, to the top end of negative emotion like fear, panic, anxiety, depression, with varying degrees of both through the middle. Just like when we're driving our cars, we need something to tell us how fast we're going or when to slow down or when to fuel up or when we need a service. Our emotions are there to do the same, to act as a gauge, to indicate to us where we're at with ourselves, to guide us. If we just cover up the dashboard on the car and said, I don't want to look at this today. Eventually, if we keep driving, we're going to run out of fuel or be driving too fast or too slow and end up in trouble. Our emotions are there to show us how fast we're going or when to fuel up. They're there to serve a purpose and they're all absolutely necessary for this very reason. If we didn't have them, how can we gauge what we want or what we don't want or what's good for us or not? In the last episode, we talked about the law of vibration and the fact that our emotions are what help us to gauge the energy vibration we are emitting. Why do you think we have this absolute genius function within us? Unfortunately, historically, the world we live in hasn't and still doesn't accommodate us as emotional beings, which we are, emotional and vibrational beings, with all these clever functions that when used to their full potential can massively enhance our lives. But whoever they are, whoever is responsible for how things run, They don't seem to want us to be happy, free-thinking, powerful beings. They want us to be fearful and dumbed down, to function at low vibrational frequencies such as fear and panic. They don't want us to be able to utilise our inbuilt powerful functions that we all have within us, or to be able to trust our intuition and work with our feelings. We aren't taught how to regulate our emotions or how to work with them. Instead, every time we feel negative emotion, we're given a pill, like a band-aid. I mean, yes, sometimes there's a place for a band-aid, but all it does is cover up the wound. If only we were embraced for who we are, taught to use our feelings as a guidance system to guide us into our true power. Sometimes we do need to face difficulties, to be prosperous. Sometimes we need to experience being broke. Sometimes to love, we need to have experienced rejection. To be okay, sometimes we really need to experience not being okay. Diana Cooper, who I have mentioned before in previous episodes, talks about the law of balance and polarity. We're always seeking balance. When we find it, the lesson is learnt. Balancing aspects of our personality is rather like riding a bicycle. You fall off to one side and then the other, then you wobble. Eventually, you balance and ride smoothly. When we can come to a place of acceptance and understanding that we live as one on the planet and the universe that our planet resides in, 
that we are vibrational beings, that we vibrate according to the thoughts we think and therefore the emotions we feel, which is basic cognitive behavioral therapy, by the way, that we experience a variety of contrasting experiences within our lifetime, sometimes many, depending on what you believe, in our physical bodies, and that the contrasting experiences are how we evolve and expand, not only as a species, but as an entire planet. Truly grasping these realities, these laws, is only going to complement our existence here and help us to utilise what we have already built within us. I mean, how amazing is that? We literally have all we need right here within us, right here, right now. Understanding balance is like finally understanding life. A quote I love to use with most people, my clients, my family, my friends, but most importantly to remind myself. We never lose, we either win or we learn. If we're in tune with ourselves and we're conscious enough to use all our experiences, even the bad ones, for learning and growth. Thank you for listening. Tune into episode four for the law of correspondence, otherwise known as the law of reflection.